Well, Chance, um, awards season has come and gone in the video game world, and the only awards that ever matter that anybody cares about are over now. The only ones that count in anyone's mind. The Game Awards? The Game Awards. I don't know when, just society collectively decided this one's it. Well, but but they really didn't because no one actually cares about the Game Awards. You say that, but people sure do seem to care a lot. Like who? Like in a mad way. Well, but people will get mad about it. I'm, I mean, I'm just saying. Old Jeff Keeley seems to have earned himself a few enemies. This go around. That's true. I mean, Jeff Keeley is an interesting, an interesting fellow. He is, but I don't know if I'm interested enough in to like learn more. Um, you know, I've as an avid G four before G four became mostly Reno nine one one reruns <laughs> watcher. Um, you know, Jeff Keeley was always around. He was always showing up in stuff mm-hmm. uh, for video games media. So. But what 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 enemies are you referencing? Oh, I feel like, you know, because the show is supposed to be like this celebration of the games industry. But many people were very upset that it seems to be like most of the time was given to advertisements and celebrities talking about things. And like the people who actually won the awards, if they got to give a speech at all, it was like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that's just that's just true. I mean, if you watch other award shows, it's not all that different. Which is true, but as a thing that's supposed to be like celebrating the industry, to be like that, I mean, let's be honest, much of video games by major companies are kind of gross in the same way, where it's more about ads and trying to get you to buy things than it is like actually the fun. Um, and so in that way, it is sort of like a video game. Um, from one of those major companies. But it really, you know, and it's like, here's the Indie Game of the Year award. Oh, let's watch this mobile game ad now. Uh, rather than giving them any like any time to be recognized. Yeah, but I, I have been an avid hater of the Game Awards for many years. So it seems odd that I'm taking a, um, a position of defense against. Mm-hmm. Um, because the Game Awards is an attempt by the game industry to legitimize itself in the same way that film, television, and music are legitimized. Mm-hmm. Um, and thus it like it has to do what those others do. It has to um, kind of just be a ripoff, to be honest with you, because its purpose is not to transcend other media or to differentiate, but to integrate into other media. Um, and that means that they need two things, really. They need um, star power, and they need spectacle. Um, and it's really hard to get those two things if you've got no money. And they don't have, like, they can't sell tickets to the Game Awards because they have to invite all the guests, and they wouldn't come if they sold tickets. And the people who are part of the Academy don't, like, part of the voting body don't pay for it. Um, because let's face it, they don't have any money. Mm-hmm. So it kind of just comes down to like, how do we have star power and spectacle without the money to do so? And kind of has to come to advertisements. And a lot of the trailers, they actually end up having to pay for because uh-huh. they want the exclusive rights to the reveal. So they got to advertise somehow. Um, again, I think the game awards are stupid. I think, um, I think. 
legitimizing by um, emulation is really dumb. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think video games is a transcendent media um, and has proven itself bigger than those other medias, and will only that that gap will only widen over time. Um, and I think like trying to appeal. Like, every time a big-time celebrity like Matthew McConaughey comes out at the Game Awards, I roll my eyes like a thousand times. But what about Gonzo? Sure. Gonzo okay. was there this year. Gonzo the Muppet. Love that. Um, because those people have nothing to do with video games. They're saying, like, respect us because we are, we are like, recognizable. Mm-hmm. When, like, I'd much rather see, like, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto come out. Well, right, yeah. I, that's kind of my point, too. Like, they always give the star treatment to Kojima, um, which, you know, say what you want. It's probably pretty uh, a good thing to do. But, like, I don't understand why the stars of the video game awards aren't, like, coders. And, like, why is Toby Fox, um, who single-handedly made the greatest farming sim ever that all others will ever be uh, compared to? Uh-huh. Why is he not, like, the guy we're bringing out on stage? Yeah, when we're like, best indie game, here's the king of indie game. Um, yeah. Uh, the guy, the one. Yeah, a guy who would go on to do such a good job that now, like, a good chunk of the Scarlet and Violet music was made by him. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, also, I thought it was very funny that Christopher Judge, who won Best Performance last year for his job as Kratos mm-hmm. in uh, God of War, um, I guess he gave a very long acceptance speech last year. Yeah, it was like five minutes long. But this year he came out and said, like, I gave a long acceptance speech last year, longer than Call of Duty's new campaign. Um, oh, gotcha. And uh, the Call of Duty fanboys lost their minds over that. <laughs> To be fair, I've heard it's a terrible campaign. And it's like super short. Um, Yeah. Yeah, the Game Awards are weird. Um, I don't think they should exist. Um, A a celebratory night of gaming, I think, like where like critics and fans' voices are heard as to like what was exceptional and all of that. I think Mm -hmm. like there's a place for that, but making it like a black tie event. Yeah, or, or even, like, making it, like, a, a caricature of the Oscar. Because that's what it's trying to be. Uh-huh. You know, say what you want about the CMAs, but at least everyone's dressed in country, you know? Yeah, they're not pretending to be anything else. Um, yeah, I don't, really, I don't really understand the Game Awards or why they exist. I understand, like, why they have to be what they are, and that's a bummer. But, like, I don't know. Let's think outside the box here. Yeah, we could we could do something different. But quickly, quickly, the Game Awards is taking the the spot in video games media that E three used to fill. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Which is also kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, it is. I, I did good. watch Summer Games Fest, which is also trying to do the same thing, and it just wasn't very fun. Well, isn't Summer Games Fest is Jeff Keighley too, right? Yes, it is, and it's yeah, not yeah. very fun. But that's enough about Keeley and all of his whatever. Yeah, I, I I really wish we could just get past all this. Like, and I'm not saying like Jeff Keeley does a bad job or anything like that. I think it is great for what it is. Just like I don't know. I grew up like I grew up 
not being able to tell my interests to people who like had chiseled jaws because they would make fun of me for not for knowing what a moogle is. Their loss, I say. I agree, but like now we're trying to like legitimize ourselves by bringing the Matthews and the McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey's of the world. Like, look, look, we're legitimate. Look, we're just like, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not an incel. Like, I think there is room for everybody at the video game table. But like, let's figure out a better one. Sounds good to me. Now on with the show. you by the Philadelphia Lottery Association, unless someone real decides to sponsor us, this is Women's World Fever. I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. I don't know what the Philadelphia Lottery Association is actually called. I'm sure it's like Pennsylvania Lottery. Well, they said that, well, I guess they could have meant the New York State Lottery. Yeah, that's what I figured they meant. Darn. New York State. But, you know, whatever. Live and learn. And then get loves. Always advance. Never retreat. Yeah. Yeah, I just learned that in a movie I watched. Oh, what movie? The Christmas Chronicle. Is that the one with um, Kurt Russell as Santa Claus? Yes. And he sings the blues? Yeah, yeah, in one scene he does. Yeah. I think I watched that once. That was enough. It was pretty good. It's, I mean, it's probably a top five Christmas movie for me. Okay, well, you know, you've watched like six Christmas movies, so... I've watched more than that now. I have watched three going into this marriage, and none of them are in the top five. Oh, that's good. What are those? Uh, a Christmas, the a Christmas story. Is that the uh-huh. one that you should try out? One. Oh my yeah. god, I hate that movie. Elf. Um, one of the most obnoxious movies I've ever even encountered, and um, the most obnoxious movie I've ever encountered: the Jim Carrey Grinch. Okay, we're agreed on that one. Also, weirdly sexual. I don't want to, I, I haven't thought about it. Not Jim Carrey. There's another character who's just like, okay, is this what we need? Is this the energy we need to be bringing to um, Dr. Theodore Geisel Seuss's work? Is this, is this the energy we need to bring? And uh, I guess they decided yes. I'll give you my top five. Okay. The number one still is White Christmas. I've enjoyed that one a lot. A classic. I mean, I enjoy like... Kind of like crooner culture, so. Um, White Christmas, then probably the Tim Allen Santa Claus. It is good. It holds up. It does. It was good. I saw that one last year. Uh, I might put this one next. Oh, Christmas wow. Festival. It was pretty good. Um, and I, I think I liked it more than the Muppet Christmas Carol a little bit. Mm-hmm. That one will be next. Um, and then after that, I don't know. I guess... Mm, I didn't like Four Christmases very much. But it's not one of those other movies. Have you watched It's a Wonderful Life? I have not. Um, I'm sure I've seen another Christmas. <clears throat> there has to be one other. Literally any Hallmark Christmas movie. If I have, I don't remember. I did learn tonight as we were looking for Christmas movies to watch that Vanessa Hutchins is like the queen of Christmas movies right now. Interesting. Is it a Hallmark thing? She has four on Netflix. Wow. Um, 
A Knight with a K before Christmas. Uh, the Princess Switch. The mm-hmm. Princess I was Switch about to name that one. Two switched again. Switched again. And, uh The Princess Switch Three, Romancing the Star. Man, they really missed an opportunity to call that one switched again again. I, I agree. Re 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 switched. Oh, the Anna Kendrick one. That one was no, okay. Noel. Yeah. Yeah, we watched that one last year. It was okay. I like it. I, I like it much more than Four Christmas is a Christmas Story, Elf, and The Grinch. Okay, so there's your like nine Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah, I think that's all I've seen. You're building up a decent uh, catalog. Thank you, thank you. I've worked hard. Oh, I also saw the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Mm-hmm. Guys, I'm sorry, I don't get it. It, it it's also not in the top five. I watched like some of it and I didn't find it to be all that fun. But I'm not a big fan of like Chevy Chase's particular brand of comedy. I yeah, and I felt really bad because I made I made it less enjoyable for my wife because she's like, I've watched this movie my whole life without even thinking about it. But you being right there, like waiting for your reactions to things, I started like thinking about the things that were happening and thinking, is this the movie I'm showing him? <laughs> yeah, that's the way. Sometimes we don't realize the um just our own foibles and shortcomings. It's true. Until we're able to see a little bit outside of ourselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, this is a really good update of Chance's Christmas movies. I feel like I've just been watching either Home Alone 1 or Home Alone 2. Oh, I did see Home Alone. We'll move Noel out and put Home Alone in. Okay. I mean, Home Alone's great. I'm of the opinion that Home Alone 2 is better than Home Alone 1, but Home Alone 1 is good. I mean, Home Alone 2 is literally like, oh, we did it again. Like at one point, Kevin literally says, I did it again. And you're like, oh, okay. Like they're very much winking at the camera like, we know what we're doing. And we know we're just kind of doing it again, but a little bit different. Um, But doesn't Home Alone 2 take place in the Trump Hotel? um, It is in the plaza. Trump is there. Um, and he does not help the child, the unaccompanied minor that is just roaming around. So that feels about right. Okay. He doesn't come out smelling like a rose. Okay. I have not seen Home Alone 2. I've only seen the first one. Yeah, there was a weird point in the 90s where I feel like Donald Trump made cameos in a couple children's movies. Because he was in Little Rascals also. Yeah, but Trump was kind of funny back then. He wasn't like trying to destroy democracy. Uh-huh. So he's a different sort of funny now. Yeah, he poked fun at himself sometimes back then. Now he literally thinks he's a deity of some sort. Yeah. Yeah, he thinks Isaiah 9's like about himself. It's not. It, it's. I can guarantee you it's not. It's not about anyone that's alive today. No. Nice try. Nice try, Trumpy. And if it hasn't been said, don't come on the show. Yeah. No, I, that's surely been said. Surely. I mean, I don't want Joe Biden on the show either. Let's just make it clear. No, no Joes. Well, Joe Jonas, he can maybe come on. I don't know. Come. Joe Rogan, though, no. No, I don't want. I don't want Rogan. We don't need that Rogan bump. Uh, Joe Stalin. Um, Sorry. Can't yeah, well, I guess we might film a video dancing on your grave. Mighty Joe Young. Who is that? The big gorilla. There was a movie about a big gorilla. How do we feel about Joey Lawrence? He could come. He could hang. I don't know anything about him. He has his own podcast. Oh, talking yeah. About, talking about brotherly love. 
No, the brothers do, yeah. With his two brothers. Um, he can come. I'm going to look up Famous Joes. Um, as, you know, I didn't really watch the Republican debate. Uh-huh. Um, but I did kind of follow a little bit of the day after. And, you know, we haven't talked a lot about Ron DeSantis. But uh-huh. uh, in defense of his statements that day one of presidency, he's going to send the army to the border and shoot anyone who tries to cross. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said, when I was in Iraq, which I guess he was in Iraq. I doubt it. Um, When when I was in Iraq, we didn't know who was good and who was bad. There was just a whole bunch of people walking in in Muslim dresses. And if we had just opened fire, a lot of Americans wouldn't have lost their lives or something like that. And that's just, you know, wow. Interesting take there, Ronnie. What you mean is deeply racist. Mm-hmm. Also, somewhere along the lines of, you know, kill them all and let God sort it out, which I feel like are some things that have been said in the past and that we should hear those things and say, oh, that's bad. Yeah. But, you know, the weird thing is everyone just expects this so much. Not a whole lot of people are um, like even bringing it up that he said this. Is is it just because it's like so unhinged? Um, that I mean, no, what can you it's do? like it's like not even it's not even like top five of the most racist things he's ever said. That's true. Well, we're gonna make a pivot here, and I've got a list of some famous Joes, and we're gonna okay. say whether they can come on the show or not. Some of them I don't know. Um, so I I'm gonna go through the ones that I do know. First up, we have Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh uh, wait. I don't believe we're allowed to like him. Why? Uh, as a Swift-loving podcast, I don't believe... I thought that it was... um, What's his name? Let me look. Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah. It's just Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. You're right. You're right. Um, So, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, he can hang. Joe Pesci. Um, I don't really know who that is. Um, It's funny, because he was one of the burglars in Home Alone. Um. So I don't know. He's been in many other things, including Goodfellas. But I think Joe Pesci could come on the show. Okay. I'd love, I'd love to hear his his takes on things. Um, what about Joe Man Manginiello? I can never say his last name. Apparently, I don't know who anyone is. Joe Manginiello. He was um he was on How I Met Your Mother. He was also on Magic Mike. Okay. I think he also played Deathstroke on Arrow. Oh, if he's the guy who played Deathstroke on, well, he's like real buff. I like the guy who played played him on Arrow. Oh, he played um, Flash Thompson. Oh yeah, in the Spider Man movie, the first one. That's right. That's right. It's funny at the polls that we uh, can make. Um, Joe Biden. We already said no. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's important to understand that we don't know anything about these people's lives. So. If one of them is deeply problematic, you know, they're they're suddenly uninvited. What about Joe Russo of the famous Russo brothers? Um, I don't feel like I have a problem with the Russo brothers. No, he also yeah. did a lot of in community. So I feel like I have that connection. Where I just really would. He'd be welcome. Um, we already said yes to Joey Lawrence. I'm going to go to the next one that I know. Man, there's just a lot of people named Joe that I just don't know. I don't know, Joe. Um, 
Oh, how about this? It, it's close, but Joey Fatone. Oh, he can come on anytime. Anytime. Joey Fatone, you're welcome. Anytime. You can take one of our spots, Joey. <clears throat> yeah, I'll give it up. You can just do this with Chance now. Oh, my. I would. Oh, oh. I'll just, I'll guest sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what if he, what if we just give him the show and he can do it? <laughs> he can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, Throat Fever is yours now. <laughs> We'll go. We'll just we'll go over here and do our other thing. Um, we're sorry. We're sorry that we're you know sorry. We tried to leave it nice. Um, you know we're twenty five minutes in. We've gone down our list of Joes. Um, Eskimo Joe, no, Eskimo Joe's not allowed. Uh huh. That's a racist caricature. You you know I was looking at famous Joes just now, and a lot of Joels were coming up. Do, is that a thing? Like, would we allow people named Joel? Well, I'm just saying, like, is Joel a a, uh, a derivative of Joe? Joe yeah. Joseph? I don't know. What about Jose? How do we feel about Jose? Oh, my. I don't know, Cameron. I don't know. Okay. I think Jose is okay. Or yeah. Josue. There's sometimes, sometimes there's people named Josue. This Joe Mangiani guy? Manginello? Manginello. Maybe. Um, I would have loved to have seen an Agent Venom movie with him. That'd be cool because he was Flash Thompson. Yeah. Like that just would have been cool if like they had done a Flash Thompson Agent Venom thing with him and he I don't know, I just think it'd be cool. If we're opening the offer to Joel's, we can have Joel Cohen come on the show. Okay. Of the Cohen brothers. Yeah, definitely. Okay. Should we start the show again? Is this cold open too? <laughs> I think we did a second cold open with Joe a Joel open. A Joe open. Um, we just jope in the show. So I don't mind us doing this. And I'll tell you why. You don't mind what? I don't mind us doing this. And I'll tell you why. Why? Um, this episode is nostalgically, uh-huh. nostalgically nothing. No. But at the same time, I thoroughly enjoyed myself. I, I'm not saying, I'm saying nostalgically. Like it's not nothing like, like it's bad. Mm-hmm. But it's like. This isn't iconic. It doesn't. It's not like this is like a foundational episode of the show. It's not. It's not doing anything. No, it, and the plots are so paper thin and simple. Uh huh. What What are we going to talk about? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm really not sure. We're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to pick another name and just go down the list of famous people named that. Like, like this. This episode is good. It is um, inconsequential in every way, and we're done. So Good night, true. everybody. So true, King. Uh, how do we feel about Phoebe Bridger? I'm just kidding. <laughs> she seems cool. Um, there is one thing I want to talk about uh, with regards to Topanga. Uh-huh. So I guess, uh, let's jump into it. Okay, we will. Um, so this is how Corey and Topanga got their groove back. So I will synop it, and then we'll get going. Corey and Topanga feel that they're boring. Sean's kind of a jerk about it and agrees. They decide to throw a party to show how fun and cool that they are. And Eric develops um, psychic powers. <laughs> like you do. You know, <laughs> he bumps his head. He develops the ability to see into the future. Yeah. When he sneezes. Um, these are not related in the slightest. No. So uh, which do we do first? The sneezing. Okay. Um, so I will say. Just jumping into it. 
while this episode is nothing, uh-huh. it probably should be more nothing, nothing uh-huh. for Jack. Because I feel like everything we know about Jack, like everything that like culture thinks of Jack as, is because of this episode. Yeah, seriously. He's like, vain. He's selfish. Mm-hmm. He's incredibly rude to Eric. Incredibly. And he's ultimately the the orchestrator of his own demise. Yes. Because in the end, he is indeed successful with a lottery ticket, but he rips it up and feeds it to Eric and then blames Eric for eating it. Yes. This is a project I probably will not. So let's half do it on this podcast right now. Okay. Because like throughout seasons five and six, we have gotten to know Jack. Jack is a a meek boy. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got floppy hair. Um, he he likes the finer things. Yeah, but he's like a sophisticated palate. Yeah, he's he, you know his whole like I'll never pay for that shirt thing he says to to Sean. Uh-huh. He's a he's a kid who wants to know his brother and wants to know his dad and really only has Eric in his life, so he'll go along with whatever he does. Like that's what we know Eric as. Uh-huh. Or, uh huh. Or Joe, uh, whoever the <laughs> Joe. <laughs> that's, Jack. that's who we know Jack as. And suddenly, suddenly in season uh, seven, at first, at the very beginning, maybe he's got a little bit of a dark past. He's got a he's got a gambling addiction. Uh-huh. Then we get to the wedding. Apparently, he is very smoking hot. He's just God's gift to women. Yeah, according to a girl who pinches him on the butt. Who is like Seven years old. Who is seven years old. Um, and suddenly, an episode ago, he's 6% body fat and obsessed with it. And now, well, I, I guess we can do Future Jack, too. He's Future Jack. Captain of Industry. Yeah, he's like a, like a captain of industry. But now, he's just a, a bad person who lords over Eric. Uh-huh. What has happened? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know where that shift happened. Because this isn't the same Jack we've had for seasons five and six. No, I wouldn't be the same Jack that we had when everyone was getting murdered in the school. Um and he was just kind of around and it was funny and fun. Yeah, and he was kind of like the lovable dope. Uh-huh. Like he's not as dumb as Eric, but he's a dope. He's like Fuffy. He was my roommate. I don't really know her. Yeah. But- like Jack was, Jack was the guy who wrote a, a a term paper about spending time in China uncovering dinosaur fossils. You got pictures? You got nothing. You got nothing. Turns out his sister did it. It's true. He's a sad sack. He really is. And my thought, as I am just now thinking about it, is did this shift begin to happen with the death of Chet? Because we see Sean process the death of his father. And he goes off on a road trip to kind of reconnect with his dad's past. Yada, yada, yada. All of those things. But we never really see Jack process any of that. And so is he just like, with the death of Chet, he's just having like a complete rejection of that nicer part of himself in some way. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he... Maybe this is some kind of reaction to... He failed at getting to know his brother. He failed at getting to know his father. 
He failed in the relationship he was using to get over those things. So now he's got to like have all this machismo to protect him. Uh-huh. It's just a defense mechanism. Yeah, I guess so. It's just so weird. And so many people, including including the cast of Pod Meets World, mind you, think that this is Jack. Mm-hmm. But it isn't at all. It isn't. It's been this Jack is a recent like development. Three times max, and never this bad. I mean, it feels so long because it's been so long since we first watched the Coin to Pango Wedding. <laughs> yes, that's true. Otherwise, it'd be like, this was like five weeks ago rather than like four months ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Jack has never been greedy. He's never been like, even even the gambling story, which I would say is probably like the turning point for Jack's character. Uh-huh. Even the even the gambling storyline. He's a sad sack during that whole episode. He's all he's worrying. He's nervous. He's he feels powerless. Yeah. Do you think it could have something to do with when he got fired from the student union because he wouldn't um, suck the rich girl's toe? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I guess he's so just maybe. like there is no justice in the world. And the previous episode was when he had like the or maybe I don't know how long ago but with the eric and the monkey and giving the money and it seemed like he was kind of having this moment of like realization of he was being a terrible manager um completely irresponsible with the money that he was in charge of but um but he like had this kind of moment of like eric is really good and i should learn from eric and then the very next episode he gets fired by this super rich girl and so he's just like a nepotism it is yeah maybe Maybe he's like good looks and a rich daddy. Hmm. Maybe it works for her. Yeah. Maybe it'll work for me. It, it's got to be something like that. But even like I don't know about the Bridget things. The Bridget things. One of the writers working out a kink that they've had since Desiree, mind you. Um, like let's call a spade a spade. There's a there's a weird kink somewhere in the Boy Meets World writers room. Yeah, um, somewhere in there. You we know, haven't zeroed in on it. Not gonna not gonna say weird. Not gonna yuck anyone's yum. There's just a kink. I'm but a... <laughs> um, don't yuck anyone's yum. We are more open-minded. Um, what two consenting adults choose to do is their business. Um, but anyway, uh, but the the Eric Monkey story, I feel like again is like Jack is trying to be the person he is in this episode and the person he is in the last episode. But he learns not to be that person. Uh-huh. He learns he learns like this is not the person I am. And I guess it's fairly realistic for him to reject those lessons. Uh-huh. But I don't know. It's, it's very just being a sad sack in another way. Yeah. Like a sad crap sack. Well, yeah, but this is a this is someone who has agency, who like takes charge. Um you know, Jack's whole thing, pretty much the entire thing has been like, okay, I guess I'm coming. You know, uh, Rachel's big thing is he doesn't stand up for himself. Mm-hmm. This is a Jack who, like... He's, like, very insecure because he's short. Mm-hmm. And then now suddenly he's like, look at my rippling abs. <laughs> that's Sit down, so- shorty. Yeah. I, Put your shirt down. I don't know. I have enjoyed Jack through this whole thing, but people hate Jack. And I guess this is why. Because this is who we leave him as. This the is the character impression. assassination of Jack Hunter. Yeah, yeah. I like, I like that this is a way to process his failures. 
he's mm-hmm. he's trying to get you to not look at his fail his his string of failures with his brother, his father, his relationship, and his job. And now he just wants you to look at how handsome and rich he is. Yeah. He's coping. He's coping. In a okay. really bad way. In a bad way. We don't all cope well. Yeah, we don't all cope well. So it's realistic in that way. I like it. Print it. We are, the, there. we are the true keepers of the Boy Meets World lore. Yes. This is let it, let it be written. Let it be done. Let it be written. Okay. Anyway, now that we've talked broadly about Jack. Uh-huh. Yeah, because Jack and Eric make a brief appearance in the opening scene with everyone. But that's the only time we see them as they're going to the club and we see Jack be very vain about his hair. Yeah, but that's the only thing. That that's the only thing. It is very funny when uh, Eric is like, if I was a girl, I'd like you. Or I'd think you're you're hot. And he's like, really? <laughs> yeah, and he's grateful. Yeah, he seemed very flattered by that. Mm-hmm. Oh, more to your theory. The only way he was able to get out of being physically intimidated was acting like a woman. And now he's over-asserting his masculinity. That's true. He did do that. And now it, it just hasn't stopped. Yeah. Once you flip that switch... It's hard to unflip it. Jackson incel. Anyway, let's not go there. Let's not. Um, but yeah, in their story, we hear Eric bump his head. Mm-hmm. And so he comes out and he's like, Jack, make it better. And he's like, how many times have I told you? Like kissing a boo-boo doesn't make it better. Yeah. Eric says, this, this boo-boo feels different. It feels special. <laughs> and Eric is, or Jack is pouring cereal and Eric sneezes into it and blows it everywhere. And he's just like, you're going to pour milk in your cereal. Jack's just like, not anymore. Um, so he's going to like clean up. And then he's like, no, when I sneezed, I saw a vision of you doing that. Um, I have powers. Yes. <laughs> and then he, he's like, there's a factory fire. And then the TV says well, there's a factory fire. It's a name drop, though. The Peterman warehouse is on fire. Oh, the Peterman. That's true. <laughs> you knew that sounded familiar. The Peterman warehouse is on fire. What? Or Peterman. And apparently they're watching the news. Probably Fox News if I know Jack. Just saying. Yeah. But this was early days for Fox News, I think. Um, I, <laughs> this just in: the Peterman warehouse is on fire. And he predicted that, and so he's just like, "I have powers. I have a gift. So I need to sit down and see why, figure out why God gave me these powers and not you." Yeah. And, well, and at first, Jack, Jack does his sad sack thing. I'm like, no, no, no. I don't want to see where this is going to lead us. But that does not, he does not stay a sad sack. No, because Eric sneezes and says three numbers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's my Nana Boo Boo's measurements. She is hot. Yes. He does the hand motion through the air. Yes. Like motioning an hourglass. But then the news comes on and says, like, the lottery is $4 million, which feels like Trump change <laughs> compared to the lotteries these days. I guess that's true. It was like the Powerball is one billion dollars, ninety six thousand. Yeah, ninety six thousand. That's a that's a good. If I won the lotto tomorrow, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, stay broke then. <laughs> we only joking. Stay broke then. If I win the lottery, sorry. Anyway, that's a great number. It is. Just loved it in the pool. It's great. Um. But then he, Jack realizes that those are lottery numbers. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but we need three more. Um, and so he has this plan to make Eric sneeze to get uh-huh. the lottery numbers. 
So he straps the helmet on him and takes him off to go buy the lottery ticket. Yeah, and he's throwing pepper and in- throwing pepper in his face and insulting him. Yes, he calls him a jackass. That's so rude. He he's like sneeze, jackass. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, I am firmly on team. I hate Jack. I hate Jack in this episode. Yeah, you can't not. No, you can't not. Um, so he's trying to get him to sneeze, and he's like, "Someone's in danger. Like I have to go. We have to go find them." And as he's leaving, he like sneezes, and he's like to this woman, and he's like, "He's cheating on you." He's like, "What?" Sneezes again. He's gonna rob this place. You're a bad man. You're just a bad guy. <laughs> I like Eric in this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you kind of have to, honestly. Yeah, because I mean, his uh, his counterpart is just so terrible. I mean, the story is kind of like the pure, the pure innocence of a child versus like the corrupt machine. Yeah, the corrupt machine. Um, which you know, whatever. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah. So they're in an alleyway. Um, Eric's like, someone needs help here. Someone, someone does. And we're gonna we're gonna find it. And Jack's like, I need help. I need help. Help me. Give me the th- numbers. And Eric's like going off to go like find who he needs to help. And Jack takes him and is like, Give me those numbers. He's like slamming his head into the into the. Uh, Jack dumpster. assaults this man like not like in a fun like like. Oh, Cameron's got a snack. I really want. I'm gonna like. Twist his arm in a way that makes it hurt, so I'll give it to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, he is slamming a man's head <laughs> into a dumpster. Helmet or not, not cool, oh. Jack. But then Eric is sneezing, and he gives up the numbers. Yeah, he sneezes the the rest of the numbers, and uh, then he realizes Jack isn't or no, the person who needs help, who's needed it all along, it was Jack. It was Jack, and then a homeless guy comes out of nowhere. <laughs> It's just so strange. What's happening here? I don't yeah. know. And the weird thing is, as the homeless man walks over, they turn on the da 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 like uh-huh, like the serious music. serious music. It's like Jack, look at what this lottery's already done to you, and you haven't even won it yet. <laughs> and there's this magic homeless man who's like, listen to him, Jack. He's reaching out to you. What? What is happening? Yeah. Why? Jack, I mean, it should say, Jack. You should go to jail. A, a policeman should have come and arrested him for yeah, assault. For assault. Um. And then Eric goes and buys the lottery ticket and wins the lottery. Yeah, no joke. That would have been great. But yeah, Jack. Jack's like, you know, you're right. All I could see was the money in front of me. Um. And I forgot about everyone that would be in my way. Oh well, gotta go buy the ticket. What is? Jack, no. I mean, if I had the lottery numbers from a psychic, I would do that too. But not, not necessarily the character of Jack. What is this episode? What is yeah. this? And you wouldn't slam a man's head into the dumpster to get the lottery numbers. Well, no, no. So you wouldn't. You wouldn't be in this situation. Like, but like, I don't. I just don't know what this is. Like, like. It's not even nothing. It's it's like offensive to our sensibilities. It's true. Like, you know, Boy Meets World does like they they do they do silly. They mm-hmm. do 
They do sincere. They even do tragic a few times. Uh huh. A few times. But this, like, I don't know. This is how, like, dude bros think Superman stories should end, you know? It's like, Man of Steel can die as fast as light. Like, chop him in half with your arm. Uh huh. And it's like, because that's real. That's what, what that's what they would really do. And it's like, okay, but that's not in, that's not enjoyable. It's yeah. not like fun. No, if you want that, I guess you can watch The Boys. I've not seen it. Me neither. But there's, you know, it's got the evil Superman. Yeah, but it, but it is kind of that, right? Like that whole like Jack wouldn't really change. Why would we put that? That's not real. It's only it's only cool if it's real. It's like, but it's not real. He's literally sneezing and telling the lottery numbers. With a magic homeless man. Reality is reality's so far out the window. So I don't I just don't know. Like And also it's not real because that's not who Jack is. That's not that's not who Jack has ever been. So, you know, I just don't know. Like, in universe this is insanity. But like mm-hmm. the fact that someone put it to paper and was like this, this is it. This is what? the one. This is the Emmy, the Emmy episode right here. And then there's one more scene with Eric complaining to Jack. Like, it's funny. Uh-huh. Like, it, it's so hilarious. Like, oh, Eric, he's like a nagging wife after his husband got home late. <laughs> so funny, so funny. And then it's just all forgiven when he's like, I'll give you half. He's like, and you're you're like, it. Okay, which, you know, if someone offered me $2 million, I'd, I'd probably be over it. Yeah, there's a lot I could get over, but and then the they announced the lot of numbers. Jack rips up the ticket saying it's useless, you're useless, shoves it in Eric's mouth. And then it's just like, and here's the Philadelphia lottery for four million dollars. And Eric's just sitting there chewing as they say the numbers that he even that eats he another eats. piece of the paper. Uh-huh. Which I guess is supposed to make it better, but it doesn't. It doesn't, because then Jack is mad at Eric for eating the papers that he put in his mouth. And then Eric sneezes, and the whole button is, oh, the things you're going to do to me. Yeah, which doesn't also doesn't make sense. No, no. Jack has no one to be mad at but himself. Well, it's this episode almost rewrites their entire relationship as abusive. Uh-huh. Which is just a wildly different... Like, yeah, that's um, never been the nature of their relationship. Never once, never once. Maybe, maybe. Okay, I'm throwing out a theory. Since from the sneeze on, they never interact with another character from Boy Meets World. Uh huh. Here's my thought. It was all a dream. When Eric hits his head, he goes to a parallel world with a parallel Jack, and his sneezes are getting glimpses of what's happening. In the other world. Uh-huh. Okay. So, like, the other world's, like, like maybe it's, like, on a 24-hour period, and this one's on, like, a 26. So when he sneezes, he, like, sees into the other, uh, like, his home world for a moment. Okay. Okay. Maybe that's putting too much uh, thought into it. I just... I say for this show where we literally have put too much thought into so many things. <laughs> so many things. And rewriting... Eric and Jack's entire relationship is this, like, weird, abusive, lackey thing. 
it's just it's not the way the show has ever been. It's not the show the way the way the show will ever be again. Yeah, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> so I just don't know. Like I need this to be an alternate version of Jack. I'm good with it. Let's print that. Maybe this is the Jack from the Girl Meets World timeline that we reject. Uh huh. Yeah, because I don't like that Jack either. <laughs> we'll call him Jack A, short for Jackass. Oh, I like it. I like it. Um, yeah. I don't know why the writers decided to write this this way. I'm not sure what they were, what they were trying to do or accomplish. I didn't. It wasn't funny. No, it didn't make sense. <laughs> um, justice for Jack Hunter. Justice for Jumbo Jack. Jumbo Jack. We love Jumbo Jack. We stand Jumbo Jack. Yeah, this Jack in this universe was never Jumbo. So he never got that humility he needed. Mm-hmm. It was just too powerful. Yeah. All right. I think that settles it. This is this is an alternate reality Jack, and we never have to think about him again. Yeah, let's just put a bow on it and set it over there. In the dream drop bucket, well, we pro- yes. where we will hopefully never have to think about it again. Exactly. Uh, in the meantime... Some more nothing is happening. Some some more just absolute nothing. <laughs> um, but this one doesn't nothing. It's make funny me nothing. Mad. Yeah, yeah. I really laughed at Corey. You know, yeah. Corey is very funny until a point. <laughs> until a point. When he's passing out the flyers for the party, it's like it's very great. funny. <laughs> I yeah, I think old man Corey is very funny in this episode. There's uh-huh. a point. Where it just it needs to stop. You know, we all sometimes reach that point in our lives. Yeah. At one time or another, it's like, this is the point when I need to, you know, rein it in. But, you know, we'll get there. Hopefully we do. Hopefully we do. Um, but Coin to Topanga are sitting on the couch in the Union. Um, go home and watch 2020. Mm-hmm. Gotta see 2020. Sure you know, I've, never, I've never watched an episode. Anymore? I've never watched an episode of 2020. I don't think it exists anymore. Well, when I was a kid, I remember it existing. Never watched it. Well, yeah, yeah. Neat. Nor did I. We were not the demographic to be watching 2020. No, I was familiar with it. Um, so I know it's like boring old person show. Yeah. it In my mind, sometimes I just kind of group things together in my mind and I'm done with them. Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Ryan Gosling being one of them. Do you mean uh, Jake Gyllenhaal? Sure. Him too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the same person. I don't know who they are. Um, here in Oklahoma, we have a bunch of towns that like at, that begin with A, like Altus and Alva and uh, Ada. Ada. Um, and to me, they're all, I don't know, they're probably like somewhere southeast of us. I don't, something like that. Arden. Alva is not. It's it's northwest of us. It doesn't, Cameron, it doesn't, they're all the same place. You can't convince me. You can't convince me that they're not. And they're just... They're all the same place, and they're all maybe just somewhere southeast of us. It's just vaguely <laughs> down there. Um, so I just kind of group things together in my head and like, like push them over sometimes. Where was I going with it? Um, Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Gosling and just for love it. Joe, and then twenty 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 twenty. Oh yes, yes. Twenty twenty is the same show as 60 minutes to me. 60 minutes and maybe like 48 hours investigations. Yeah, yeah. Those are all those all, all those 90 shows even kind of unsolved mysteries to some extent. A little bit. Why not? But they all just like I put them over here. They're all they're all kind of just the same. Over in the dream drop bucket, <laughs> if you will. And, oh, uh, 
the one that people do get mad at me about is I, my entire life, I have grouped Seinfeld and Frasier as the same show, and I hold how, it over here. How dare you, sir? I, I know, I know. Two absolute giants of 90s comedy. But they're Just both... Disrespected like that. But that's, that's kind of the thing about them, right? They're both, like, about, like, giants of 90s comedy, like, actual giants of the 90s comedy scene in, like, a city. They wear stuffy suits. Like... Jerry Seinfeld doesn't wear stuffy suits. He might as well. I just... I just don't know who you are anymore. I, I've i never seen either show. Well, that's not true. I've seen an episode of Frasier. I just <laughs> can't look at you the same anymore. It was probably Cheers. No, I've seen all of Cheers. Frasier's just a spinoff of Cheers. Yeah, but it's like a more boring one. It went off to be just as successful. Um, but yes, those two are the exact same show in my head. The exact same. I just can't even... I can't even describe... How wrong you are about that, but go ahead. Go right. off. But yeah, so yeah, I group things together in my head and just kind of dismiss them sometimes. Okay, I mean that's fair too. That's a fair point. <laughs> um oh, and we were talking about 2020. <laughs> Back to 2020. I'm like, well, where are we going with this? Um but they're excited because or Corey's especially excited because there's something about some quintuplets yeah. on 2020. And Topanga's like, oh, that sounds great. Yes, and then Rachel and Angela and Sean come in all dressed in black leather. Yes, like, what is, did they all get leather jackets? I don't know. That used to be Sean's thing, and now it's everyone's thing. (laughs) Which is fine. Mm -hmm. It's fine. But they're all going to the blue room, and Corey's just like, ah, hate it. Mm -hmm. Loud music, like tight spaces and tight clothing and just wild dances. And Sean's like, yeah, why would anybody want that? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and that you know, Topanga's a little hurt that they weren't invited, but Corey's not because he wouldn't want to go anyway. And yeah, they got 2020 to watch. Yeah, so like we could tape 2020. It's like it's not the same. It's, it's not as good. Ridiculous, valid, but ridiculous. <laughs> valid, especially in those days when you had it was literal tape. Yeah, it's like, true. If it was a DVR, like that's no big deal. You probably already got that set to to record anyway. I mean, it's one of those weird things, though, where, like, there's, like, non-narrative things. Like, I have hate-watched the Game Awards for the last, like, five years. Uh Uh-huh. We've established that, yes. Yeah. I I didn't watch it this year, and I didn't go back to, like, (laughs) re-hate-watch. No. It wouldn't have been the same. Because then you're, like, going out of your way. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm not going to go out of my way and do this thing that I don't enjoy. So, I'll begrudgingly do it in the moment, but that's it. I'm just saying, I kind of felt Corey's point said that. Makes sense. It makes sense. Um, but then Sean's like, well, that's okay, because it's not really your scene anyway. Mm-hmm. Which, Which, if someone said, this isn't your scene, like, you don't have to go, my response would be, thank you for understanding me as a person. Mm-hmm. And, like, not expecting me to go to this place. But Topanga especially is hurt by this. Yeah. Because she doesn't want to be an old fuddy-duddy. Mm-hmm. Um, which they've kind of been the, the joke has been since third season that they're the old couple Uh huh. that was the first reason that they broke up yes so I don't know like I don't know. Um, since you were about 14 years old you've been an old married couple mm-hmm. yep. about three or four episodes into you dating 
you've been this way. Yeah. And, and like season it. that it, it's been it's been very funny to listen to Pod Meets World talk about season three because every episode they're like, Topanga, when when did you join this show? Where's she been? And she's got a whole joke like, I don't know. I don't know why Corey may as well have been married to um you know you know the girl who played Kristen? Um the girl who's like in love with Corey in the mm-hmm. in the Disneyland trip. Yeah. They're like she's been in the show just as much as I have. I don't <laughs> Seriously. Uh, it's so funny because that's something you and I always say and we're told we're we're wrong about. Uh-huh. Like, like Topanga's not a main character in the first three seasons. Everyone's We've like, noted. We've noticed and noted. And people people are always like, That's not true. Did you even watch the show? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. That's the problem. But now, like hearing them make the exact same jokes, like because they covered the Disneyland episodes just this week, and it dep- and one of the things that Eric uh, Will Friedle says is he's like, this would be so much more impactful if you were in the show. <laughs> <Boy>. <laughs> I know. I'm saying. <laughs> um, so it's very funny to to just hear that they're agreement with us you know it feels it feels a little vindicating yes it does after some of the crap i've taken on facebook <laughs> because of my correct opinions about yeah. one world not opinions my correct observations about the facts of the show it's true I, I am not kidding like if you take the first three seasons and you put all of topanga's appearances together i bet minkus still has more screen time probably yeah because Topanga's in three episodes of season one. She's in four-ish, but only for seconds uh-huh. in season two. The only, the Who's Afraid of Corey Wolf and the Seven Minutes in Heaven closet scene are the only ones where she's got prominent in season two. Uh-huh. And in season three, she's in probably like half-ish of the episodes. Less than half, let's be honest. Yeah. Less than half, and in a lot of them, like uh, hometown hero, she's like she's really. related to just someone who follows Corey around. Yeah, I'm just saying, like Minkus is in every episode of season one uh-huh. for real. So I bet you, I bet you, by the end of season three, Minkus has more screen time than Topanga. That'd be interesting to measure. I don't want to do it, <laughs> no. but if someone wants to, that'd be pretty cool. I might bring out a timer next time I watch. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Um, where were we? Oh, yes, they're a boring couple. Then they're in their room, and Topanga's just like talking about being left out. And Corey's like, "Oh, look at those quintuplets." Um, and he's just like so taken. Yeah, with, Ricky, uh, the one who almost didn't make it. Uh huh. They weren't sure they were going to make it. Look at him now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they they lay down in bed in a very like what looks like a rehearsed way. Uh-huh. <clears throat> and Topanga is like yelling at him like, I want to be fun. I want to go do things. He's like, you know what? You're right. And she's like, I don't want you. They get up out of bed. And then he, she's like, I don't want you to go because you feel like I'm making you go. And he's like, okay. Yes. <laughs> he goes and lays back down. <laughs> so he decides they're going to go to the most raging party the very next night. Uh-huh. And she's like, where's that going to be? Right here. And you're like, oh. Oh, okay, of course. Does Topanga have Stockholm Syndrome? Maybe. So 
She likes Corey, who isn't the best. Watching this scene and then the next one where they're setting up the party. I know there's one in between, mm-hmm. uh, but Topanga's not in that one. I was like, is Topanga, is she very, very wounded? <laughs> like, she's just, she needs Corey to take agency. And I, I get it. He's the main character of the show. But, like, she gets excited over things that she shouldn't. Uh-huh. Like, like let's let's roll this back and think <laughs> about that for a second. Like, Topanga's too smart for the most raging party ever. Right here. Uh-huh. It's not just like... She, she's like, <gasps> Durbin's party. <laughs> um, and then uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it in the... In the uh, setup episode, but Topanga seems weirdly like blink if you need help. Uh-huh. Topanga, are you okay? She's not. She's she's not. Um, um, but, and then Corey's passing out the flyers yes. to everyone. He's like, "Come to our party! Come to our party!" And he's giving them to Angela and Rachel, and he gives them to Sean. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were very mean about it. They were so well, mean. Corey, we'll come to your little party. And he's just like very hurt. Sean's rude again. Yes. He's like, you and this thing on your face are not invited. <laughs> Which was very funny. <laughs> and he's just like, don't come to our party. Don't come to our party. Yeah. <laughs> like taking all the flyers back. Well, Sean's like, I mean, yeah, you're pretty sure today could be over by like, what, 10? And Corey's like, what is at the end of this? He's like, a question mark. Yes, we don't even know when it's going to end. <laughs> it's so funny. And then as he's leaving and he's just like, you go to Durvin's party and um, yes. come to mine and we'll compare notes. And I take notes like a secretary. <laughs> <laughs> he like storms out. And everyone's left fairly speechless. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess we didn't mention uh, Corey and Topanga's party is on the same night as the biggest party of the year. Which I don't know what makes a party big in this world, but okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's Durvin. Yeah, old Durvin. <laughs> MVP Durvin. MVP Durvin. Um, so the next scene is them setting up the the married dorm for the party. Uh-huh. There's balloons and streamers. <laughs> balloons and streamers. And uh, Topanga made quiche. Uh-huh. They look, they look delightful. I feel like I remember those in like the late nineties, early two thousands, where you just buy like frozen quiche that are oh. already like that. Well, you know, Topanga made those by hand. I oh yeah, she's slaving away, whipping slaving. the eggs, grating the cheese. You know, on her zero dollars and zero cents a year salary. <laughs> zero zeros. Wait, she works uh, for a magazine, isn't that right? Oh, I guess she does now, huh? Uh huh. We, just, I just assume that's still going on. Yeah, yeah. No, she works for a for a lawyer in New York. I guess maybe she's doing remote work. Who knows? Who can say? Where the road goes? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> there's just this look she gives when Corey's like, I'll go pick out dancing music. And he puts on some, like, jungle tune. Uh-huh. And Topanga's face goes from, like, disgusted to what are you doing to... Maybe to okay, and I'm just like, the music. The music just infects her. I am like, no, Topanga, your your brain is speaking to you. It's saying, get out, escape, 
Run away, Topanga. Go to Durvin's. <laughs> go to go to Durvin. Go marry Durvin. But it's just so like someone trying to convince themselves they're all right with something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they put on the music and then it cuts to the hallway uh-huh. where Rachel and Sean and Angela are coming and they're like All dressed in leather again. It was an all leather leather party out at this point. What? It has to have been that the Matrix was out at this point, right? The Matrix was ninety nine, so yeah. It yeah, it has to have been. This like, is two thousand. Now that we're in the two thousands, decade of. Or was the Matrix ninety eight? It was sometime. It had already been. It had already been out. Yeah, I'm just thinking like all the leather must be a response to that. Has to be ninety nine. Yeah, I was googling. Like I thought it was ninety nine. So yeah, right around this time, a little earlier, there was a Joe in uh, the Matrix. Oh, who? Joe Pantoliano. Pantoliano. Cypher, who was the bald guy who was the... Um, oh, I know. The, you know, whatever. The traitor. Um, he can come on the show. He can come on the show. Yeah. Uh, so he can he can have, he have some steaks. If he wants to bring Lawrence Fishburne with him, or um, perhaps... Uh, why am I totally blanking on his name? Keanu Reeves? No, but he can certainly come too. Uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Which is our door into the Lord of the Rings verse. It's also makes it so starts, much sense. It starts with Joe. I was a little afraid that Hugo Weaving was dead, but he's not. He's not. He doesn't look anything like uh, he did. It, but that's well, okay. Yeah. Who does? Who? If you still look like what you did in 1999, I don't know what you're doing. I just feel like... Um, like uh, Christopher Lee and uh, who played Snape? Um, um, Alan Rickman. Alan Rickman. Um, Christopher Lee, Alan Rickman. There's one more guy. They all died like right at around the same time, and I kind of think of Hugo Weaving like within their ranks. Uh huh. Are you thinking of a Prince? No. He just died around the same time. I was thinking of an actor, um, who, uh, like a big character actor, like those guys. David Bowie. Oh, no. I'll, I'll think of it. I'll well, it wasn't it. Hugo Weaving, is all I, I'm saying. It wasn't him. It wasn't. I checked. I was I was nervous for a minute. A national treasure, that guy. Yeah, hopefully he's a good guy. Who I would really want to get on the show, a major get, would be Viggo Mortensen. Anigo Montoya? No, Aragorn. Oh, Aragorn. Not yeah. Mandy Patinkin. Mandy Patinkin. I don't know actors. You know this. <clears throat> you know this. But... They come in their best Matrix clothes, and they're at the door, and there's all these signs that are like, only enter if you're ready to party, um, or whatever, Be only authorized for fun. Um, and so they open the door to find Corey and Topanga looking like the saddest human beings in the world, and she's just sliding a quiche onto the coffee table, and Corey's smashing it with his hand. Yes, yes, they're, they're smashing quiches. Because they're so sad. And so they just close the door, and they're like, oh, no. And Sean just leaves to go back to Durvin's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it's played for, like, Sean being callous, but then, like, it's revealed. Uh-huh. That it's not that. Yeah. But then Corey and Topanga have their have a little talk. Things begin to fall apart. As Corey's just like, well, this quiche, they weren't your best. Yeah. Which is just the dirt bag thing yeah it's maybe good people didn't come because you know the quiches they weren't your best yeah 
Shut if up, you're going to say maybe it's good that someone didn't come, you should make it be about yourself. Yes. Because, you know, I'm not really feeling well. I don't know if I would have had a good energy for the party or, you know, the music wasn't the best that I picked out. Um, no, he blames the music on her too, though. Oh, that's true. Which is his entire fault. 100% his fault. Um, but they get into it and then have a food fight, which is our second food fight of the series, I um, want to say. Yeah. The other one was the apartment. With- uh-huh. Yes, we love a good food fight here on Boy Meets World. Yeah. And then they very effortlessly rip, rip the sleeves off of each other's uh-huh. <laughs> Yes. Almost okay. as if it was planned. And she's like, Corey, this was a nice blouse. He's like, yeah, now it's a ripped one. <laughs> it's a ripped one. Which was very funny. Um, and then, of course, as we all saw the situation progressing, they start making out aggressively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they find seeing Topango's shoulder gets them a little hot and bothered. Uh huh. I mean, she's usually so buttoned up. Sean Connery. Sean Connery. There it is. You're yeah. right. <laughs> I just like that for the last several minutes while having this conversation, you've been Googling people that died. I'm like, I know it's one of those. They were like in their 60s and 70s. And they, like, all died, like, late 2010s. About 2015, I want to say. Sean Connery was 2020. Oh, he was 2020? Mm-hmm. I, think, I feel like Alan Rickman was about 2015. Yeah, somewhere in there. Everyone was like, 2015's the worst year. And it's like, 2016's the worst year. And it just oh. kept going in the 2020, and we're like, okay, we're going to stop. <laughs> Alan Rickman was 2016. When was Christopher Lee? This is important. It is important. I want to say Prince Prince was 2015. So was Christopher Lee. And David Bowie, I want to say, too. Those are very sad. Don't get me wrong. As a music guy, I was very sad when both of those those people died as well. They just weren't who I was thinking of. Right, because you were thinking of actors. Yeah, which Bowie wasn't an actor. I was thinking of, like, prominent kind of, like, sci-fi character actors. Uh Uh-huh. That would be them. John mm-hmm. Connery is more of an action movie guy, I want to say. Yeah, Hugo Weaving and um, oh, who played uh, Commissioner Gordon in Batman? The Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman. I feel like they're kind of contemporaries of those two as well. Of those mm-hmm. three, like kind of sci a, a lot of sci-fi character actor work they've done. Anyway, but anyway, then we cut to um, Sean and Angela and Rachel come back with a whole bunch of people. Um, and it seems that they brought all of Durvin's party to Corey and Topanga's party. And they, there's someone complaining that's like, Durvin's party was awesome. Yes. They're like, shut up, Durvin. <laughs> um, and then Sean opens the door for the second time. And Corey and Topanga don't notice again mm-hmm. for the second time. For the second time. Covered in food. Still fully dressed. But yeah. But a, tw- a twister uh, <laughs> map. I was thinking here. I was like... You showed Topanga from the shoulders up on the, like, honeymoon scene. Mm-hmm. Like, show her from the shoulders up and him in, like, a wife beat. Like, why are they still fully dressed, wrapped in a twister mat? And here's my question. Why did they not lock the door? It was spontaneous. They wanted to get caught. <laughs> they wanted to get caught. That's, that's the thing. Okay. They wanted to be found. 
I'll buy it. Um, but Sean's just like sees them and then he closes the door and then the guy's like, I'm going back to Durvin's. Yeah. And Rachel's he, just like, You are Durvin. He's like, We're not saving this one. Go. And then they have a conversation. You think they do that every night? Well, yeah, it's probably why they go home at nine. Oh. <laughs> That's why they're always wanting to go home. And then they're like, Do we want to go back to the party? And Angela's like, No, I want to go grocery shopping. Sure. Got to get some food to rub on each other. I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's kind of a, that like adage, like people only go out to these nightclubs to get what you already have. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Whatever. <laughs> um, and then, but then they have the tag at the end also where they're just enjoying watching uh, 2020 mm-hmm. or an expose about uh, tainted meat, tainted meat. <laughs> and they're just like, Oh, they both have these looks of disgust on their face at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's cute. But this is cute this, is this is very similar to how I am with my wife. Uh-huh. Like when we're just watching something dumb, I'm like, I'm so glad I'm just here with you. <laughs> and she's like, Oh, look at that on the show. And I'm like, Yeah. Gosh, you're great. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's very uh very understandable. Yeah, and that's the end. That's the end. Somehow we managed to talk for nearly an hour and a half about a nothing of an episode. But we did yeah. talk about Joe's a lot. We talked about Joe's a lot. We talked about uh, the Game Awards a lot. We talked about Jack a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we had to unpack Jack. Unpack Jack. Get Jack out of the box. Yeah, we had to, we had to get him on the rack. Mm-hmm. Jack on the rack. But you can't do it without some tack. No, plenty of Jack rack attack. Mm-hmm. So, don't be talking smack about our jack rack attack. Yeah, we don't got a lack. Mm-mm. No lack or smack on this jack rack attack. No, no, no. going back. No, there is no going back. Um, but if that's the episode. I'm going to pull out my my little sheet that I write things on. Um, this episode is called "How Corey and Topanga Got Their Groove Back," which I don't feel like they ever really lost their groove. But whatever. Did you ever see how Stella got her groove back? I don't think I ever did. Me neither. I know that's what this is, title is a reference to, but I've never seen it. And somehow we have an even longer episode title. This one's even longer than There's No Such Thing as a Sure Thing. This is our longest episode title for anyone keeping track at home. Dang! Shortest? The War. This is this is ultimately pointless. Um, but I'm going to give this episode a 7. It's fine. Man, I feel like I gave last week's a 7.5, and I liked it way more. Oh, okay. I gave it a 6.5. I think I like this more than last week. What was last week? She's having my baby back ribs. Oh, yeah, I like that one. Uh, Six? Okay. 5.5? Well, you got to tell me. You can change it. Okay. Which equals a 6.5. Yeah, I mean, this wasn't the Jack stuff a little bit. But this wasn't like an offensively nothing episode. Uh huh. But I feel like we have a, an episode or two every season. We're just like, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. And to me, nothing is a seven. Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes nothing is a two in the case of that Wendy episode. Yeah. We really Were we too didn't... harsh on the Wendy episode? Probably. I feel like most people's love for the Wendy episode comes from the old person, like, flash uh-huh. forward. They want you to take the roles. Yes, which was very fun. It is. It's great. It, but 
I don't know. Is the episode better because of it? The rest of the episode as a vehicle to get to that scene, I don't know if it's worth it. Right. Right. We could have got there other ways. I don't know if that's true. I don't know. It's just an episode where there's there's not a shenanigan. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no lesson learned. No. Um, nothing nothing important happens in their lives. Yeah. Um nothing like iconic happens. Um, even even the food fight, like the other food fight is so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, you could this is one of those episodes you could just delete it from Boy Meets World and no one would notice. No, probably not. And that's okay. Uh, I do apologize. <laughs> Excuse me. I apologize if this is your favorite episode of Boy Meets World and I'm just pooping on it. That's how it tends to go, though. <laughs> um, but yeah, this episode is... It's its just nothing. So much nothing. Um, but a pleasant nothing. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's not enough. Like a potato chip, but not like a, like a Lay's... Like a very off-brand potato chip. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it's fine. There's pleasantness in nothing. And in kind of just empty eating, I guess, at times. But ultimately nothing. Who is your MVP? Um, It's a toughie. Eric? Eric didn't do anything wrong. He's funny. No, I like Eric. Is Eric? I Eric might be on top right now with four. Go, Eric. Season seven was your time to shine. <laughs> Yes. He needs a win. Boy meets tainted meat. Boy meets quiche. Quiche makes more sense because tainted meat is just hardly even in there. <laughs> but tainted meat is fun to say. But boy meets quiche. Yes. Um, boy meets Joe. Boy meets... That's, that's the name of this episode. <laughs> well, with the closing of this episode, we are, we're here at a place that we've talked about since season one. Since season one, it's, it's upon us. When thinking, when thinking forward, too little, too little. I mean, we were just quarantine. dumb back then. It was there was not even a quarantine. Yeah, two little almost quarantined boys, pre pre COVID little babies. Imagining the day when we would have to cover the only episode I think we both agreed. Oh man, that's a bad one. Yeah, brotherly shove. Brotherly next week. Shove. Um, <gasps> I know. I'm really looking forward to it. Maybe I'll be surprised. Yeah, I I really I'm going into it with an open mind and open heart. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I hate it. <laughs> um, I know it's got one of my favorite uh, lines in the entire show in it. Which line is that? Uh, wait, you heard that from Eric? He seemed really well rested. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, the one I always just think of is "That's my brother. No one hits my brother." <laughs> yeah, I too. So who knows? Maybe this will be the redemption of Brotherly Shove. Perhaps um, it's the story. You know, it's the story that we've been waiting for. Yeah, it's it's been nearly four years since we started this journey. The legacy of our entire podcast hinges upon next week. Well, no, but we're we're very different people. I probably had not seen the episode in about a year when we started. So it's just been a really long time. Yeah, so it's, it's probably been half a decade since I've seen that episode. Yeah, because we have not watched. We've not watched ahead. Nope. It's nope. against the rules. I have watched maybe three or four episodes of Boy Meets World, not for the podcast, in the last almost four years. Yeah, I haven't watched again. I've only watched as we've gone. 
Yeah, I've watched, and then there was Sean a few times for different reasons. Um, like, the cast was doing a watch-along with it. And uh-huh. A few things like that. Um, but yeah, it has not been... There has not been much. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for this episode that I dreaded four years ago. I can't wait. I had no idea it was this close to the end back then. No, oh, so be sure if you have things to say, it's too late by the time you hear this episode. No, it's not. No, it's not. Yeah, you guys can go time. Go quickly. Quickly. When this episode comes out, you have about two days to get your thoughts in on the big one. Reach out to us. Let us know what you think about um, brotherly shove. Brotherly shove. Um, we should figure out if the brotherly love by the uh, from the Lawrence brothers was out yet at this. Point. I want to say yes. It would have had to have been because I remember watching Brotherly Love when I lived in Weatherford, and well, yeah. it was in later in life. I think he. Uh, I think uh, Matthew Lawrence came from Brotherly Love into this show. Uh-huh, that makes sense. Because I believe he was a much younger man. Yeah, somewhere between Miss Doubtfire and Boy Meets World. Yeah. Is where brotherly love takes place. Exactly. Um, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, you can tweet at us. Not tweet at us. That Wow. Please don't tweet at us. Um, the Nazi app just doesn't have my heart anymore. It doesn't. It doesn't have his heart. Uh, my friends are still there. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We're resistance. The resistance. I resisted by leaving. That's one way to do it. See, resistance takes many forms. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just gotta leave. Um, but you can send us messages on Instagram, and uh-huh. I, I will see those. You can also email us, bgworldfever at gmail.com. Exactly. And we'd love to hear from you. We would love to. Um, yeah. Entering the home stretch. Felt like I'd never, never get here. Um, but yeah. But until next week. Yeah, that's all that I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long, world. So long, world.